1: Hello, I know how much you just love to learn more about Google Ads and SEO, so you're really going to love this episode. Search is a crucial traffic source for e-commerce businesses. Between keyword ads, shopping ads and SEO, it's often the biggest chunk of traffic and sales. Somewhere we all spend a lot of time, poring over the results, writing the copy, getting the links and on and on and on. But something we too frequently neglect is actually looking at what the search results look like. When did you last Google your top converting keyword and look at what the customer actually sees on that page? If it was less than a month ago, congratulations, you are very far above average in doing this. In this episode, we're going to be getting deep into what happens on those search results pages and how customers are using them to make their buying decisions. So this is definitely a must listen if you're spending any time or money on search traffic. Without the sponsors, the podcast wouldn't be possible, so please do check them out. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. SendPro Online makes it easy to save time and money no matter what you ship or mail. Print shipping labels and stamps right from your desk. With the SendPro software, you can compare rates between shipping carriers and gain access to special USPS savings. Try it free for 30 days and get a free £10 scale, but only when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb.com slash masterplan. Today's guest expert is Adrian Rowe from Red Sea Marketing. Adrian is a lifelong passionate direct marketer. He cut his teeth in the world of big catalogue marketing, so think of th- things like Great Universal, and for more than two decades has been leading the team at full service marketing agency Red Sea, where he and his team have worked with many a high street and home shopping retailer to create more effective communications by getting under the skin of customers and prospects if that doesn't convince you of his expertise, here's the social proof bit. He's been made an Honorary Life Fellow of the Institute of Direct and Digital Marketing. That's the IDM here in the UK. Hello, Adrian. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you here. And I'm very excited to be talking about what we're going to be talking about. Excellent. (laughs) So I've just given the listeners a very quick intro about you. But before we get into the lessons from your recent search research, um, can you tell us a little bit more about you? How did you get started in e-commerce?
0: Sure. Well, um, as you alluded in your very kind introduction, um, you could say that I've always been in e-commerce because I started in marketing pre-internet and my early career was spent in home shopping companies. So You know, as a marketeer using catalogues and databases to market to customers, um, a lot of those cataloguers were the earliest adopters of e commerce, Chloe. So many of the principles of relationship marketing are just the same online as they are offline.
1: I know exactly what you mean. Having started out with the wonderful world of catalogues myself, it's um, so many relatable skills. And in some ways, it feels like the internet's just catching up with some of the cool stuff we did. Back with paper.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I get a sense of deja vu uh, very often in meetings. And then, you know, so obviously when the digital revolution came along, you know, we as an agency, Red Sea, um, we're, we launched our digital services as part of Red Sea back in oh, 1998, I think. Um, we created a standalone division at that time called the Web Engine Room. Um, but since then we brought, you know, we found we were sending, you know, an an offline account handler and an online account handler to every meeting. And we found it was made a lot more sense to bring it all back in and become integrated. So, you know, since then we brought digital services back into the main agency for at least 15 years and and now accounts of maybe 70% uh, of what we work on. Not obviously all for e-commerce companies though.
1: Yeah, and it's um I always think that's one of the quite I, I mean I I as a, as a former agency owner myself, I often have kind of like this, should you go for specialist or should you go for someone who can do multiple things? Because there's kind of those pros and cons to both, isn't there? From the full service to the standalone channel and also from the we only do e-commerce to the we explore other other industries. Cause I think on that front in particular, if you've got someone who's looking at other industries, they're learning things that they could bring over that could put you ahead of your competition because no one else knows about them yet.
0: Absolutely. I I learn things, you know, on work for our travel and tourism clients or our financial services clients that are, you know, easily transferable skills to the e-commerce sector and vice versa. E-commerce very often is at the forefront of, you know, developing online digital skills and services
1: yeah we I, I I could personally talk to you about industry industry ideas and cross cross learnings and um, and agency strategies for quite frankly <laughs> the rest of the morning, but I think that'd probably be bad news for the uh, for the listeners because that 's not what they 've tuned in for so the reason i 've got you here today is the report that Red Sea have just published about how consumers use the search results pages. I have a copy of it in my hand now and it is gold dust it has not since i since I got my hands on it a few weeks back it has not been further than arm's reach of my desk. Slightly is that embarrassing? No, I think that's a good thing because there's so much in it.
0: <laughs> it's well thumbed, is it? Yeah, it's
1: very well thumbed. Yeah, um, and as I mentioned, as I mentioned to Adrian um, just before we started recording, I've also tidied the office since I got my hands on that report. And well done. Whilst whilst there are ma- yeah, indeed, indeed, you should have seen it. Um, whilst there are many, many things. That I cannot find anymore. Now that I've tidied <laughs> the uh, the search life, the secret life of search even report is not one of them. Um, so, in in my opinion, anyone spending money on Google Ads or investing time or money in SEO would be crazy not to read it and have a copy on their desk at all
0: times. That's very kind of you.
1: Well, yeah, you you can take that quote if you want.
0: <laughs> I will. I'll take that. I'll take that, Chloe.
1: But I honestly, honestly mean it. Um, as I think, all of you know is you're listening to this podcast you're going to understand exactly why I think that as we as we carry on through now I want to get us into a few of the key lessons from it in a moment but before we do that like all good marketers I like to know where the data is coming from so Adrian before we get into the the outcomes of the report I suppose the real gold dust bits can you tell us a bit about why and how you went about creating this report
0: well in terms of the why um, obviously as as digital marketers and a you know a, a Full service marketing agency. We work on a lot of search marketing, Chloe. We work on PPC campaigns, on SEO, on content marketing for a range of companies. So we've got a lot of data. You know, we're not short of data from AdWords, from analytics and so on that tells us what people do in the search interface, but it doesn't necessarily tell us why they do it. Um, and. As you well know, the Google search interface is constantly evolving. Um, and we, we felt that, um, in terms of sort of why we uh, went into this study, we felt that if we could understand the why better, um, why people do what they do in the search interface, we could give our clients a real advantage. But we looked around, you know, sort of more than nine months ago now, and there wasn't a lot of independent, um, independent research, independent evidence available. Lots of opinions, not so much data, not so much evidence.
1: It is a weirdly neglected area, isn't it? What actually happens on the search page? We spend so much time looking at the data and our own ads, we very rarely look at where they're appearing, which in the world of print... You know, if we're putting some print ads together, we'd be all about oh, sure. Where is where Where on the page is it going to be? Absolutely. Are we bottom right corner, bottom left corner? We've we got a full page. What You know, what's the actual experience of the user going to be? And we, we seem to neglect that in search.
0: Mm, absolutely. So um, we, we really wanted, you know, having discovered a, a, a lack of uh, research evidence out there, we felt that given that we've got in-house eye tracking facilities, which we use for, um, you know, a whole range of uh, different types of research, we felt that maybe we should do the study ourselves. So that, that's really the why of uh, how, you know, what we did. How we went about it, um, we actually, um, we interviewed, I think, well, I tr- first of all, to explain that eye tracking is a, essentially it's a qualitative research tool, um, not a quantitative one. So we ended up doing just over 60 interviews, I think 66 into eye tracking interviews. We combined that with um, pre and post um, sort of questionnaire, pre and post sort of uh, typical, you know, uh, interview to find out. So, So we looked at what people were doing in the on the eye tracking interface, and then we asked them afterwards why they did it. We were able to combine those two sort of inputs to get much better sense of how people were using the Google search interface, what they were doing, and why they were doing it. that crucial piece of evidence that was missing for us the why
1: excellent, so right now we all know what the report looked at i think I think we have to we have to let the listener know now what we actually what you actually found don 't we because I think that's the for me the amazing thing about the report, and it is subtitled 10 Standout Strategies for Search Success." And you know the reason I said I think this should be on the desk at all times is because it is like a little bible to keep referring back to for ideas of new things you can test, but also ideas for how you could make what you're already doing in search better. Rather than me regurgitate the whole thing, um, Adrian, because you've been you've been living and breathing this for for a while now. Do you want to give us give us a couple of the kind of Key standout strategies for e-commerce businesses that come
0: out of the report. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there, there were lots of things that we learned that uh, we weren't surprised about, but but you know they gave us the, the, they gave us a much better understanding of why people behaved the way they did. But there were several things. You know, I, I would consider myself a pretty experienced search marketer, but there were several things that really surprised me
1: let's let's go with the surprises then that sounds like like a good good place to start <laughs> okay
0: surprise number one then chloe um the um the overwhelming um click choice given to trusted familiar credible brands so you know we've we've made that number one in the uh, in the report brand trust um I kind of knew, you know, that um that sort of well well-known, well-trusted brands would have an advantage in the search interface. I don't think any of us realized just how big an advantage that was until we we actually did the research. Something like, you know, over 80% of all the clicks that we observed and that we eye-tracked across all of the sectors and when we did, you know, a dozen or so different market sectors. Um over 80% are on trusted brands, familiar brands.
1: We're saying on that front, just, just, just to make sure that the, the, um, the listener you know, fully gets this, we're saying that if someone was searching for, I don't know, party food, for example, and M&S is there, Marks and & Spencer's, and someone they've never heard of is there, the great majority of the time, they're going to click on Marks & Spencer's, no matter where it is on that first view, just because they recognise the brand
0: absolutely so it it's it's an easier we're all looking for shortcuts in our lives aren't we and and especially on the google uh search results interface we're definitely looking for shortcuts and if we can see You know, if we're looking for some, you know, a product, we can see a brand that that we trust, that we've used before, um, that we've seen advertised on the TV, then it's an easier click decision to go and take a look at 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 what they've got.
1: So, I guess that's kind of the the multi-channel marketing. Bonus coming into the search results, isn't it? It's if you are sending your customers emails on a regular basis, you're on social media in front of them on a regular basis, you're doing magazine ads, you're doing maybe postal mailings, you're doing TV ads, then that increase in brand recognition will pay off when they're looking for something you sell.
0: It definitely will. It definitely will. It's all about what you do away from the search results interface that influences the way people behave. When they're interacting with with their Google search results,
1: and it, was there any difference between ads versus natural listings on that front, or or if do you, you know, is it exactly the same kind of
0: impact? It is exactly the same. I mean, one of the other things that uh, we saw, which really surprised us, was how um, interrelated. Um, the PPC text ads, the Google shopping, the organic results, they're, they're all working together. Um, even, you know, perhaps images that appear, they're working together to increase the likelihood that a customer will choose your brand or a searcher will choose your brand to investigate rather than another one. So it's actually, you know, it's becoming, because Google's able to present such a sophisticated array um, of, Different types of results to you. um, The way they work together is really important.
1: So, I mean, I'm sure you've had the debate with clients as many times, probably far more times than I have, of um, do you or do you not bid on your own brand name? And the, you know, the argument is, you know, it's an insurance policy, and it gives you a greater ownership of the search results page pixels. I suppose you know the space on the page. Is that where this benefit comes from being interrelated? Come on, Chloe. Interrelated search results in terms of if you've got if you're coming up in multiple different places, be it maps, be it um, uh, product listing ads, be it ads, be it natural, that gives you more space and therefore you're more likely to get the click. Or is it that they're seeing you more often, therefore that brand recognition goes up?
0: It's a bit of both. I, I, I would recommend that you always bid on your own brand terms because typically they are the final click in a sort of a multi click search journey. So you might start by, you know, looking for party dresses, um, and look at some of the, you know, search results or, you know, men's denim shirts, look at some of the search results, get an idea of who, who's got offers that you might be interested in. Then potentially click on a familiar brand. You might then go, you know, go to that website, have a look around, maybe come back again, look at some others. Um, but eventually you're going to, you're going to key in the brand name and you're going to convert on the brand name. So not taking up, not maximizing your real estate by, you know, running paid search ads for your own brand is, um, is a crazy decision really.
1: I'm glad we're in agreement on that one. Okay. Um we were we were working our way through the surprises. So what's what's surprise number 2 for you from
0: the report? Well, I think for e-commerce brands, um the influential impact of Google Shopping is a really big you know, it's um it's possibly um, expected that Google Shopping performs well. You know, we're seeing the percent, the proportions of Google Shopping um, amongst e-commerce brands growing, but the degree to which it influences other clicks. So, you know, to a certain extent with eye tracking, one of the things that we can do is we can measure attention and we can measure action. So we can look at what we can identify what people looked at and how much time they spent looking at it within the eye-tracking interface. But We would also then look at what they acted on, what they clicked through on in this case. And one of the things that Google Shopping clearly influenced was the degree of attention given to, to a particular brand or a particular product or a particular style, even if it didn't earn the, the click. So we saw a lot of evidence that Google Shopping um, was influencing paid search clicks, organic clicks. It was influencing a whole range of different behaviors.
1: So a customer might search on, say, Red Dress, and they're seeing text ads and organic results for, say, ASOS and Marks & Spencers or something, and then because but they they're looking at the Google shopping campaign results, those pictures of the products, seeing M&S and ASOS there and then that's what they what's influencing what they end up clicking on. Yes. Is that what we're saying?
0: Wow. Absolutely.
1: Okay, so we've done two surprises so far. Takeaways from that are that investment in other marketing and brand awareness increases the click-through rate on your search results, which is pretty cool. Um, we've had kind of like the bonus tip that you need to be bidding on your brand, which hey, I'm converted. I was already converted, but hey, hopefully we've converted a few more people to join us in this. And then the second one was that the simple appearance of your products in the Google Shopping Campaign results section of the search results leads to greater numbers of clicks on your other search listing pieces, so your ads and your SEO. Now that's, that's pr- some pretty awesome takeaways already, but have you got one more of these surprises or one more top takeaway from the report before we, uh, before we head in to uh, the top tips round?
0: Yes, absolutely. I'll give you one more that, that's highly relevant for, for e-commerce brands. And it's about the degree to which uh, people use visual aids within the search interface. to search. So, you know, Google's Interface constantly evolving, throwing in featured snippets and um, you know shopping and and so on. Um, and the the image pack, you know, m- midway down um, the interface. Um, all, all of we found, particularly for the e-commerce searches, that a lot of um, searchers, particularly if they weren't sure quite what they wanted, were using um, a visual sort of. Search aid as a discovery tool. There were two or three ways that they did that. One of the big surprises for me was how many of our, um, respondents, how, how many of our research respondents actually clicked on the either the shopping tab or the images tab. So we had, um, perhaps, you know, female respondents looking for, um, a, a party dress who would click on the images tab or the shopping tab and then look for a style that suited them. When they, you know, so they would they would use visual discovery. They would use the images tab as a discovery tool. Then they would identify a style that suited them. Then they would go back to the search interface to actually search more on a, a refined search term with that style. So we had, I don't know, across ninety odd e-commerce searches, um, we had something like fourteen percent of searchers chose either the shopping or the images tab. So if, you, if you're not, you know, if you're not optimizing your Google shopping feeds, if you're not alt tagging and optimizing your images, then you're missing out on a big potential extra uh, source of traffic, source of highly qualified traffic, really.
1: Wow, so customers actually use
0: those tabs. <laughs> yeah. I just assume nobody did. <laughs> So did I, because uh, I would never think to do it. But of course, you know, I'm not typical of, you know, the customers that we're acting on, you know, it, the, the fatal mistake, Chloe, that, mm-hmm. you know, you know we, we can, we're always in danger of making as marketeers, is to assume everybody thinks like us. Um, and I, I would say, you know, clearly, um, I, in fact, I've got to be honest, when we were doing this research, I was seeing people do some, you know, a, a Employ some search strategies. I thought that's really clever. I'm going to do that. That was very, very interesting.
1: That's the interesting thing, isn't it? In, the, in this instance, we're we are. Whereas usually, we assume, certainly in the on the web, we assume customers will put up with more pain than normal. So we kind of kind of assume they're cleverer than normal. I guess would be our normal set of set of online assumptions. In this case, both you and I are assuming the consumer is not as sophisticated
0: as they are, which is. It's an interestingly different approach to assumptions. They kept telling us, you know, I've recently discovered, I've recently discovered the shopping tab. I've recently discovered featured snippets or people also ask box. You know, They were telling us about things that they were coming to, finding them useful, depending on what, you know, in their search strategy and their discovery strategy, and then just, you know, sort of employing them in their armory of, of search techniques. It's quite amazing. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are.
1: Are you paying too much to send out packages and letters? Wouldn't it be nice to have a solution that can give you the lowest rates? With Sempro Online, it's easy to save time and money no matter what you send, from packages to overnights and letters. Easily compare USPS, UPS and FedEx rates all in one online tool, gain access to special USPS savings for letters and priority mail shipping, print shipping labels and stamps from your own printer, track all of your shipments and get email notifications when they've arrived. Sempro Online is only $14.99 per month. And for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you can get a free 30-day trial to get you started, plus a free £10 scale to help you accurately weigh your packages. Visit pb.com forward slash master plan to access this special offer. That's pb.com slash master plan. Experience the better way to ship with a free trial of Sempro Online.
0: It's time for the top tips round.
1: I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Adrian, here we go. First up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which
0: book, other than your search report, uh, would you recommend? (laughs) It's an easy one. Um, I'm going to recommend a book by um, one of the greatest ad men that this country's ever produced, a guy called John Steele. Um, and the book is called Perfect Pitch. It's not about um, e-commerce or online. It's about the art of selling ideas and winning new business. Because let's face it, you know, whatever sector we're in, whether we're a startup or a big established business, we all have to make presentations and articulate ideas to other people and persuade people to come along with you. John Steele's book, Perfect Pitch, is absolutely brilliant for that. It opens up with when he met Steve Jobs and how Steve Jobs was able to articulate an idea. And it finishes, the last chapter is about how the, um, the bid team for the um, the London Olympic bid team, won the bid for the 2012 Olympics when Paris was the sort of far and away the favourite. It's a fascinating case study. The whole book is brilliant. You'll come away full of ideas, for how to pitch ideas and persuade people of your point of view. That sounds
1: absolutely fascinating. I love the fact you've just pitched it incredibly well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a great book and I recommend it to everybody. I even made it um I even made it part of our book club um last year because I wanted more people in the agency to read it.
1: Okay, then the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
0: Well, not surprisingly Chloe, uh, given the conversation that we've had, I would thoroughly recommend Google Shopping for any e-commerce company. It is really, really powerful if you optimize your data feeds well and don't just measure the direct conversions from Google shopping, measure the click assisted conversions, the impression assisted conversions. You'll soon get an idea of how Google shopping punches above its weight.
1: And I love the fact that ties back into one of the takeaways from the report we discussed earlier. Always oh, nice when it, when <laughs> it links up. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay, the tool top tip then. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
0: There is. I'm going to go old school on you, Chloe. Uh, and I'm going to recommend as a tool an A3 layout pad and a Sharpie pen. Not because I'm a wannabe art director or designer, but it's something I, I take into every meeting where, you know, where I'm sitting collaborating with the team. We map out ideas with, with a Sharpie. We'll then all, you know, copy it and sort of take it away and work it up. Or you'll map out, you know, perhaps some PowerPoint slides. Um, A3 layout pad and a Sharpie pen, always have one with you.
1: Excellent advice, and I love the old school tips advice. You should see the amount of time I spend scribbling on pieces of paper. Uh, okay, uh, the growth top tip. Then, if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from one hundred orders per month to one thousand, what would be your number one tip for them?
0: Walk a mile in the customer's shoes. I've lost count of the number of times that we've become a customer for a brand that we we are working on or you know are considering using our agency. And we've discovered that the customer experience isn't remotely what what the marketing team is that think it is. So, you know, I would recommend for any business wanting to grow that the first thing they do is literally shake off all their preconceptions. You know, go go online and place an order and see how that order is delivered through the post or whatever. Um, Walk a mile in the customer's shoes.
1: Another great piece of advice. Well, Adrian. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business and that marvellous report on the web and social media, please?
0: Of course, um, the the Secret Life of Search um, white paper is available free to download on our website. Um, so you can find us at um, redseamarketing.com. and that's the letter C, redseamarketing.com. We're also on we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Adrian Rowe, R-O-W-E, um, and you can also find The Secret Life of Search slides on SlideShare too. So if you search for Red Sea Marketing on SlideShare, um, you'll also get the slide version of the white paper.
1: Marvelous. Well, look, Adrian, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast today. It's been very nice chatting to you, as it always is, and um, it's been great to uh, to be able to share a few of those takeaways from the marvelous report um, with the listeners. So, thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much, Chloe.
1: I hope you found that as fascinating as I did. Please do go and grab yourself a copy of the report because it is well worth a read and a mull over because it's going to influence your search strategies, paid and uh, organic, for uh, many months, possibly years to come. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. There you will also find details of how to get your hands on the report. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts or iTunes, then please do give us some feedback via their review app because it's always nice to find out what you hear about the show. Have a great week and keep optimising.